Welcome on in to the Smash Mouth Football Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Chris McGuire, joined by my fellow co-hosts, Gavin Everingham, Connor Green, Patrick Smith. We got a special episode here for you today. We're doing a mock draft, our first mock draft. Really our only mock draft. We only have three weeks left, and we're going to divide it up, guys, to give you all the analysis on our picks. We're going to do the first 16 of the draft this episode, the next 16, 17 through 32 on the next episode, and then we're the next episode after that, we'll be doing a draft recap of the actual NFL draft. But what's up, boys? How you guys doing? Doing good. How about you? Pretty good. Pretty excited, honestly. I'm excited, I didn't too. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been a while since I've done a mock with other people. Connor, Gav, how are you guys feeling? Um, still depressed, but... Still, yes. Yeah, the carry on effect. If you had fucking picked up, if you had let Dak Prescott walk and sign, got Sam Sammy, Darnold, Sammy Darnold, you'd be just as sad, if not worse, because you actually had something in the building. Yeah, so I mean, it's a fair point. <laughs> what do you mean? You had Teddy B in the building? You did oh, have Teddy dude, B. Yeah. yeah, almost a seventy percent completion percentage, Gavin. I hope. I hope. I hope Daniel Jones is another. Average season, so you keep him in the building for another five years. I'm not wishing any. I'm not wishing any harm on you. I'm just. Out <laughs> I hope Dave Gettleman is the GM of the Giants fraternity. <laughs> uh, That's just sad. You're making me sad. Uh, anyway, before we get started, delicious. I figured I would ask this question. Well, first of all, just news from today: Julian Edelman is uh, retiring. Uh you know, he second most uh, receiving yards and catches in NFL postseason history, three times Super Bowl champion. Uh, debates out there: Is he a Hall of Famer? No, he's no. not. He's, he's he's not. But you know, if he were a quarterback with those numbers, then you know he'd make it. He'd be a first ballot. Julian Edelman can he can sling the rock, Chris. He's a pretty good QB. Did you guys know he played quarterback in college? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I Pretty did. Good. Kent State. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, before we before we get to the uh, before we get to Montreal, which we'll do in a second, I just figured I would ask this question because I heard it. It's a the, one of the topics on uh, shout out to the PFL show. I just figured I'd ask it. Would you, if you were the Jaguars, trade down to one from one to two? If the Jets offered both their first-round picks this year, which would obviously include the second overall pick, and another next year, along with maybe like a, another player or two, would you be, would you would you take a step back, admit that there's no sure thing at quarterback that come out of the draft, and would you say I'm going to pass on Trevor Lawrence and get extra draft capital to make sure that you can surround your next quarterback, whether it be Zach Wilson? Justin Fields or whoever the fuck 100%. you want. One hundred percent. I mean, there's not that. I mean, Lawrence is clearly the best, but there's not that big of a gap between him, Wilson, and Fields. I mean, I mean, I I would hesitate. I I I would hesitate. But what? what it's a lot capital. of draft capital, though. It's a lot of draft capital. It is. It it is a lot. I mean, that's like. In the general realm, I mean, not quite as much, but like that Deshaun Watson was maybe going to fetch for like three first round picks, right? I mean, that and probably more, probably like four, maybe 
you know, and then some other day one or day two picks. I mean, um, I just like, I know it's probably the smart move to trade down and get a bunch of draft capital, just one spot too. Cause like, and also like, it's not a sure thing. Draft is for the most part a crapshoot. It's just like, man, you know, like would the Colts have done that trade down one spot. I mean, it's not quite the same thing as Andrew Luck. I mean, the second best quarterback and that was not, I don't know. It's, it's definitely a, a unique situation, but I just feel like if you're the Jaguars and you were to trade down and then somehow like Zach Wilson was a bust, like you would kick yourself and you'd be a laughing stock for the rest of everything. If Trevor Lawrence went on to be like one of the best quarterbacks of all time, I know it can be the same, but, it, but it's not quite the same. Like if then like Trevor Lawrence is a bust and then Zach Wilson goes on to be like one of the best of all time. It's like, okay, but that's, you didn't like, do anything to prevent. I don't know. You, you see what I'm saying? Like you, you didn't like, you were kind of just picked where you were supposed to pick and you did what you were supposed to do. And then you just kind of missed. But like, if you were to try to be too big brain and trade down and then you end up missing out on like Trevor Lawrence, who's one of the best prospects that have come along in a while. I don't know. I just would hate myself. I wouldn't be able to sleep at night ever again. I think cause the thing is, like, Trevor Lawrence is, like, arguably the greatest quarterback prospect that we've seen in some time. Like, the, the, he's being labeled as the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck, since Peyton Manning. I think the issue is, is, like, hypothetically, like, if you're the Jaguars in your spot, you pick Trevor Lawrence, and Trevor Lawrence ends up a bust, nobody will blame you. Nobody will blame you if he turns out to be a bust looked at as the can't miss quarterback prospect which there is none there is no can't miss quarterback prospect if you're the Jets you take you miss out on like if you pick the wrong quarterback between Justin Fields Zach Wilson it's like all right I mean people are going to judge you but you know what like it's not like you had Trevor if you trade down from one to two and you miss on that quarterback and you had Justin uh, Trevor Lawrence in your grasp you're fired yeah, but you're, you're fucking. Fired. But you might have. I mean, if, if if the number two quarterback busts out, I mean, you're still gonna have a, a bunch of draft capital next year. Maybe you can take a shot at another great quarterback next year. But Maybe here's my question. Here's, here's my question. Imagine, um, I don't quite remember. I don't remember if one was. I don't exactly. No, no, no. It was Peyton. So imagine that the Colts, when they drafted Peyton Manning, had said, "All right, fuck it," and they were offered some kind of crazy deal. They were to trade down one spot. With the Chargers, right, and were given, you know, however many three three first round picks, and they ended up with Ryan Leaf. Don't you dare bring Ryan Leaf into this. <laughs> and the Chargers ended up with Peyton Manning. The Colts will be looked will be looked at to this day is like, holy fuck, you screwed the pooch. Like you ended up with the worst bust in NFL history, and yeah, you got three first round picks that you know who knows if you would have hit on those either. But like, it's just. It's kind of crazy because you see trades like that where it's like um, the Rams when they when they got a haul for RG3 or like the um, the football team when they got a haul for um, Ricky Williams, right? It's – or this is something like that. I remember it was, it was the, whenever the Saints traded a haul away for, for the Ricky Williams. I think it was the football team. It was? Okay. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. None of those, like, it's funny because even though the, the the football team got, like, they got a lot of picks 
what's funny is they didn't hit like on any of them really. And then I think they may have gotten champ Bailey. So maybe, maybe not, but like, for example, like the Rams, they got like four, three, four for the first round picks and didn't hit on any of them. But regardless, if you, if I'm just saying like in that situation, you try to get too big brain and try to like out overthink things. And like, if the Colts were to have traded down, they, you know, they would have missed that on, arguably the best quarterback of all time, like top three, and you would in turn have gotten the biggest draft list ever. Now, Brandless. there's no way you can assume that. It's just that. So I guess my question is, what do you guys feel like the bust rate is or the chances of busting out is for Lawrence compared to Fields and, and Zach Wilson? I don't I, think there's a big discrepancy. I think Lawrence is obviously the most sure thing in the draft, but I don't – I mean, Wilson and Fields are really good prospects. and In a lot of years, they'd be the number one prospect in the draft. I think there's a pretty good chance that they're at least going to be serviceable. Maybe they don't quite reach the heights of Lawrence, but you get that and then you get all the draft capital. Like, I think you're in a very good spot if you make that move. To be honest, I think Wilson has one of the highest bust potentials out of any of the like first round quarterbacks. More than Fields, yeah, definitely more. I mean, if you, if you take Fields, because I think we're kind of assuming they take Wilson at two. If you take Fields at two, he's been the number two quarterback in the country since high school. He has a very long track record and body of work indicating that he will at least be good in the NFL. Maybe, you know, I mean, I, he, I mean, obviously he has the potential to be great, but very accurate, very good athlete, very good arm strength, productive throughout college and high school. I mean, I think if you, I don't think there's a huge gap in terms of the, the bust rate between Fields and Lawrence. Yeah, I, w- I would honestly agree with that. I, I, and then you also uh, get all that draft capital, so you can build that. You can get him more weapons, I, more protection, the, better defense, and then you put I him do, in a better situation. I understand the process. I fully do. And it's just that you also, like, if we're just sitting here on a draft simulator, like, yeah, you'd probably, like, accept it. But if you're a GM, and yeah. you know, like, if you accept that trade and you trade down and then you end up getting Wilson and then he sucks – you're probably Definitely fired. easier said than done. Fired. Definitely easier for me to say this than the Jaguars GM. Yeah. There's no but consequences like, for Well, me. I think if they were to make that trade, it would turn into a whole organization's decision. And yeah, like you would say, it's on the GM. But obviously, I think he would go to every single person on that staff and say, hey, are we all in agreement here? Do we want to do this? Do we want to make they this trade? They would scapegoat somebody, though. Like, if that if that doesn't work yeah, out, they, course, they would find course. someone to scapegoat. I just, I just know that Peyton Manning and, and Ryan Leaf, although it's very it's an extreme – they were looked at as can't miss one A one B. They were they didn't weren't even sure who they were gonna pick, like heading into like you know months out from the draft. Like it was like no one knew who the Colts were gonna pick. And then whenever the Colts picked Peyton Manning, the Chargers were like, well, all right, that's fine. We're just gonna take the other one. And they took Ryan Leaf. And and, and no one really they were like, okay, they both got really good quarterbacks. It's just obviously their paths went very different. <laughs> so. Um, I don't know. I just, I just think that if it were me, if I were a GM of an NFL team, I would just stick at number one and just, and just take, and just take Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. I just, I'm not saying everyone, I think Trevor Lawrence as well, but it's so tempting. Cause it's like, it takes, it takes a home. Like just, if you just lay back, you humble yourself, and you just admit to yourself, "Hey, most quarterback prospects don't work out." The rate, even, even for these like number one picks, the rate at which they actually work out is pretty low. 
I will say, though, Trevor pretty... Lawrence is different from the average number one overall pick. No, no, I agree. agree. Yeah. And that's why I think I would take Trevor Lawrence. But I think it would be kind of like it, it wouldn't be a bad move to trade back just thinking like, all right, I understand that most quarterbacks don't necessarily work out. If I'm close, I'm pretty close between Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. If I trade back one spot and I have multiple first round picks, I have more dart throws to be able to surround my rookie quarterback with weapons as opposed to just hoping my one draft pick. Well, for the Jaguars, they have two draft picks in the first round anyway, so it's like whatever. But to have even more draft picks, this round, like it's just like it, it would be fucking tempting. It would be fucking tempting. And that's why I brought it up. Like, I don't think either answer is wrong. I just know you do trade back. And you get it wrong, there's a hundred percent certainty that you're fired. That's and, the only, that's the only thing. And then here's the opposite to that. If you're the Jets, would you even consider offering that? I would say definitely not. Literally for all the reasons that Chris just said, why trading back would make sense. You trade yeah. up to get Trevor Lawrence, and then he somehow, some ways a bust. You literally give up everything for this. Everything. Yeah, not only like, do you have a bust of a quarterback, then you also lose your you draft. Mortgage picks. your future. Yeah. yeah. But to be fair, they also have multiple draft picks this year. That's what I mean. To be fair. Like, oh, you mean the Jags? Both of them, the Jets and the Jags. Yeah, yeah. I know. I'm just saying, like, the, the Jets, like, you trade away your first round picks, like, you're this, you know, obviously number two overall, and then their other first yeah. round, and then the one next year. You get rid of all those, and you get a quarterback that ends up being a bust. It's like, I just feel like either, neither team would even really want to do that. I don't know. Obviously, I have no idea, but. Yeah. But I, I thought it would be an interesting discussion. I, I, I like, you know what? This, this is pretty interesting. Oh, we'll get our opinions on it. But uh, anyway, let's uh, get to our fucking mock, boys. So you should explain so, the rules of the draft. So I'm going to be the Jets. So uh, Peachman, you want to make that trade? <laughs> Can I have to pass? Capital from the Jets. You're going to pass? We're not making trades. No trades. Uh, like I said, we're only doing one for six. No trades. Uh, we have, we did it. By fours, and so Pichmini is the Jaguars. Then four spots later, he's the Bills. Four spots later, the Broncos. Four spots later, the Chargers, and then that's last this episode, and so on and so forth. Everybody else works the same way. Groups of four. So pick first overall, Jacksonville Jaguars. Pichmini, take us away. Gosh, guys, you know this is a really tough decision for me. It has nothing to do with the conversation that we just had for the last 10 minutes. But, you know, I think, <laughs> I think I'm going to take Trevor Lawrence, and I think the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to be very happy about it. Bold choice, Pishmini. I know, I know, but very I'm going to go with my gut. Now tell us why you're picking points, because some people might be confused by this. He is arguably one of the best quarterback prospects coming out of college. <laughs> He's the closest to a sure thing as there is in this draft. You can't go wrong making this pick. You just can't. I mean, obviously, it could go wrong, but it's not on you if it goes wrong. Unless you RG3 it, then it's on you. Connor, number two, you have your pick. You you last, two weeks ago, had uh, Justin, not Justin, fuck, had Zach Wilson as your number two quarterback in your quarterback rankings. Is that who you're going with? So I had them neck and neck, and I kind of belabored exactly how I wanted to do this draft. Was I going to do it kind of predicting who they're going to pick, or was I going to do it like who I would pick? I kind of settled on like a mix of the two, 
And I again, Wilson and Fields are neck and neck. You really can't go wrong with either prospect, in my opinion. But because it seems like, for, for, for whatever reason, Zach Wilson seems to be a lock for the Jets, and they're kind of tied in, in terms of the way I would evaluate them as prospects, or they're very close. I'm going to stick with Zach Wilson. I mean, he just has, you know, all the tools necessary to become a great NFL quarterback. He was amazing last year. And, you know, I mean, again, you, you wouldn't go wrong with Fields, um, but all the reporting suggests suggests they're going to go with Wilson. And I think they're close enough to where, like, it's not going to be some kind of, like, huge mistake. I mean, it could end up being a mistake, but I don't think it's going to be that controversial when they end up taking Wilson. So Connor takes Zach Wilson for the New York football Jets at two. Uh, me, San Francisco 49ers. We know they trade up for first-round picks to get a quarterback. The question is, what quarterback is it going to be? Am I going to be? Am I going to fall for the Chris Sims bait? Am I going to go for Mac Jones, or am I going to go for the guy with the higher upside, the guy with all the production, the smarts, everything in college, but nobody wants to talk about it for some reason? I'm not going to talk about the reason because I'm not going to get into it. I'm taking Justin Fields. I don't. I don't even. I don't even think it's close. I don't think they should go anywhere else. He is perfect for the Shanahan offense. Everybody talks about uh, how Shanahan loves his pocket quarterbacks. He wanted Kirk Cousins. He worked. He worked the season for Matt Ryan. He made Jimmy G work. He also made RG three work. RG three had one of the best rookie quarterback seasons of all time, and the only reason why RG three and that offense didn't work in the following seasons because of the fact that he. Justin Fields is a better prospect than RG3 was in Kyle Shanahan's offense. He should be fucking scary. And this is the pick they should make. Atlanta Falcons at four. Gavin, you are picking for your rivals here. Is there any part of you that wants to pick like a really, really bad here just to fuck them up? Or are you going to are you, you are, are you gonna be non-biased here? I mean... There's a large part of me that yeah that wants to be like all right fucking quitty pay at number four but obviously I'm not gonna do that um I'm gonna be I'm gonna be impartial and even though it pains me to do it um what I think the Falcons are going to do now there's been this is this is the first pick where it's like I feel like this could be a shocker whether they trade down um, whether they pick quarterback whether they pick an offensive weapon um. I don't really know what they're going to do, but I feel like with Arthur Smith coming in uh, to be the head coach and with Julio Jones on the older end of the age spectrum, what they want to do is get another offensive weapon. Um, Cause that's kind of, I mean, Arthur Smith is an offensive minded guy, or at least we'd like to hope. And um, so I think the best thing that the Falcons could do is to add one of the biggest game changers that we've seen in a long time um, at a position that they don't really have anyone at. So I'm going to go ahead and give the Atlanta Falcons Kyle Pitts tight end from Florida. Did you consider taking quarterback at all? I I mean, obviously I did and very, very well might um, do it on draft night. Um, I just feel like that they kind of have to stick with Matty Ice for now, especially with a contract, and they might end up um, kicking that can down the road and either you know drafting next year or 
you know, or at a draft where there's another, you know, a few quarterbacks. Cause I don't know. They're not going to be bad enough to get one of the top two quarterbacks next year. So I don't know what they're going to do at quarterback. I just have a gut feeling. They're not going to take one this year, but either they're going to trade down or they're going to do what I did or draft a tackle who knows, but that's, that's who I'm giving them. And I don't, I don't think you look back if you're, if you're the, you're the Falcons and you take Kyle Pitts. I think it's a great pick for him. Yeah, to to talk about the quarterback situation, I actually pulled up Matt Ryan's contract just in case you didn't pick a quarterback. I wanted to just elaborate on why they potentially don't want to. So his cap hit this year is $26 million, $26.9 million. If they wanted to cut him after this year, he would be $40.5 million in dead cap space. And the year after that, not so bad. It's $15.6 million in dead cash space. But either way, there you're talking about, unless you just wanted to get him off the books before 2022 and just do what the fucking uh, Eagles are doing and eating a bunch of cap space of Wentz's contract, if you want to just do what the Rams are doing with Goff's contract and just have a bunch of dead money uh, and kind of limit yourself in free agency. I guess they can cut him. They can draft a guy this year and then sit that rookie. Uh, but his contract's tough. It's really, really fucking tough to do that. And he's 37, 38. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that, but essentially they can't move on from Matt Ryan unless they want to get a bunch of dead cap space. Anyway, P. Schmitty, your rivals, your Pittsburgh Steelers rivals, if you can even call it a rival because <laughs> Pittsburgh's dominated for so, them for so long. Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow, what are you doing? Um, yes, they are rivals. Um, so I thought about this one, and I pretty much knew where those first four were going to be. Um, the decision here is either Sewell or Jamar Chase. One, hopefully both would make Joe Burrow very happy. One might make him a lot happier to play with his former wide receiver at LSU, Jamar Chase. But I'm going to go with Penny Sewell. I mean, you can't go wrong. One thing I keep coming back to is he's 20 years old right now. That is unbelievable. Unbelievably young for a tackle coming out of college to be that young. That makes me feel old. It does, doesn't it? It's crazy to think about he's younger than us, and he is is a monster. And so we all know Joe Burrow had an injury last year, and it was because what else? A horrible offensive line that could not hold up, and he literally got hit and was out for the rest of the year because his line couldn't hold up. Joe Burrow is not going to be super happy. He's, of course, he's going to be happy about it, but he has. we've heard that he has been asking them to take Jamar Chase, and I don't blame that, blame him, but they got to take Penny Sewell here. It's it's the right move. Now, just uh, just to talk about that real quick, do you guys think that it would be dumb for them to uh, to pass up on Penny Sewell for a wide receiver like Jamar Chase? Like, do you like if you like just because there's been a lot of talk on Bengals Twitter? There's been a lot of talk saying like, oh, do you monitor Bengals Twitter, Chris? I I I monitor NFL Twitter. I like to, I like to see what discussions are happening. Did you uh, see um, Mike Clay's tweet? It was either today or yesterday, Chris. Uh, which one was it? The was it him that tweeted the photo of like Joe Burrow in like a strong pocket with like Penny Sewell like blocking for him, and he's throwing it, and the label over the receiver catching it is anyone. And oh, then, no, yeah. no, no, no. That's not. That's no. not. I I don't know if he tweeted that or who did, but I remember seeing that a while ago. But he tweeted today or yesterday um, that the Bengals 
use three wide receivers 82% of the times, which like far and away most in the NFL. And like, as of right now, their number three would be Auden Tate, which is fine. But having a number three being Jamar Chase, it being Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, and T. Higgins would be a crazy three there. And the fact that they use them so often, I would say no, it's, it wouldn't be a crazy pick for them to, to go receiver there. Yeah, yeah, especially in a strong tackle class like this year. And like they apparently have a lot of faith in Jonah Williams being their well, he's good. in the future. Jonah well, Williams is pretty good. The, the idea last year. Yeah, see, the, the argument is that so they already have Jonah Williams, right? Who's probably going to play left tackle or maybe move. I don't know who they would move to right or left tackle, but they also picked up Riley Reef, right? Who is not great. He's about probably pretty average tackle, but you'd have to bench one of those guys or move him inside um, something along those lines. And then Penny Sewell is one of five blockers, right? And so I think the difference that you get from Penay Sewell versus you know, tackle X, even a bad tackle. I mean, you're saving like two pressures a game, right? Which is solid, especially if it adds up when you have a, you know, a Penesul and then two or three other solid pieces. But um, the value there, obviously you want a strong left tackle and you want to start building up that O-line. But in the same breath, a wide receiver also protects a quarterback, but in a different way. If you have a guy that can get open quickly, you're not going to be sitting there in the pocket waiting for guys to get open and then getting cracked. Like you in there in Jamar chase is also one of three, right? Like if they play, you know, a three wide receiver set and they also throw to wide receivers more. And then also the difference that a, a Jamar chase can give over, you know, on Tate or whatever. I just think it's a bigger impact. It moves the needle more on offense than a Panay Sewell. Now, obviously I'm not going to blame them if they take Panay Sewell because Penny Sewell's an amazing prospect. It's just that I would not think anything negative if they took Jamar Chase. I mean, I think that's honestly probably the better move to do. Um, I don't think that graphic is really like it's it's know, not well, real. It's not like a real like visual football. It's not like you have a not. really good offensive line and magically everyone learns how to gain separation. Like yeah. it's just a it's just a bullshit thing that like a lot of the Gettleman stands, Hogman type Twitter people like to put where it's just like, oh, it doesn't matter if anybody if everybody gets open, if you have no time, it's like that's not how football works. Yeah. Like, but I will say like that fun. I mean, one of the things that makes it such a complicated pick is this is a really good tackle class, but it's also a really good receiver class. So I think you kind of have to ask yourself like what drop off in talent are you gonna have? when you go to make your next pick in the second round, because they could still, I mean, if Rashad Bateman, I mean, I don't think he'll fall to them. In the Rashad second Bateman's round, not going to second round. Yeah. He's probably not, maybe like a Rondale Moore if they want more of a specialist. There are, I mean, Kadarius, Tony, there are a lot of good receivers in this draft. And I, I, I think I would lean Jamar Chase here just because I think it would make Joe Burrow happy to be reunited, reunited with his own teammate, with his old teammate. But, you know, I mean, these are, I think it's so complicated because, again, wide receiver and offensive line, two of the best position groups in this draft. I would, and I also think that, I mean, second round, you could get like an Alex Leatherwood type of player who is a drop off from Panay Sewell, but not a huge drop off from Panay Sewell necessarily. Yeah, I, I personally like the pick of Penny Sewell. I think, I think Penny Sewell, when you pick him, I think like, 
I do think, from what Connor said, the drop. I, I think the Penny Sewell's tackle in this class, like, maybe that drop off isn't necessarily huge, but after that, I think there's a pretty. Even if it's a good tackle class, I think the fact that Penny Sewell is 20 years old, like Peachmany said, the fact that he dominated, uh, he dominated college football players at 19, 20 years old, despite only being a sophomore, not even necessarily being his biggest, strongest self yet. Like he still has got physical uh, maturation to go through in the NFL when he gets to an NFL weight room. He gets NFL coaching. Like this guy is, we're talking about potentially the next great tackle in the NFL. And I get if they drafted Jamar Chase, I would be all for it. I mean, like, I'm not like, oh no, they drafted a receiver over a potential uh, stalwart left tackle. But also I, I like this pick that Pichmini made a lot. I, I, I personally think it takes a lot of balls to look your franchise quarterback in the face and say, listen, I understand you want your college teammate here. Maybe we'll come around and get your other college teammate, Terrence Marshall, in the second round. But right now, we saw you get hurt last year with and get a torn ACL. We kind of want to protect you, guy. And this is the, or the best tackle we've seen in years come out of the draft. That's, that's my take on it. Well, I heard a snicker. What's up? No, that was a sniffle, not a snicker. Oh, well, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Uh, moving on to the Dolphins at six. Connor, take it away. So I think Peach Mini made this pick really easy for me because I was going to go with Panay Sewell for the Dolphins. I, I mean, at this point, it'd be between Rashawn Slater and Jamar Chase. And, you know, I... If Rashawn Slater kind of profiles as more of a guard in the NFL, at least in terms of his measurements, and that does concern me a little bit. Now, it doesn't mean he's not going to be a good tackle or he couldn't be a good tackle in the NFL, but I worry that he just doesn't have the length to be an NFL left tackle or a right tackle. And, you know, a great guard is worth a lot. You know, I'm a Cowboys fan. You know, obviously Zach Martin is worth a lot for the Cowboys. He was a great first round pick for them. But I don't think you go for somebody who you project to be a guard at six. Especially because the Dolphins have another first-round draft pick later that they can try to address that need. Um, so I'm going to pick Jamar Chase. I mean, he's amazing. He's the best receiver prospect in this draft. I think by I think by a significant margin, I think he's the safest pick in this draft too because I do have my concerns about Devonta Smith with his frame. Um, you know, I, I think Jamar Chase could be a really good player. Um, if Sewell was on the board, this would be a, a, a better discussion. A better debate because, again, I mean, the Dolphins have bad tackles. I think they have, I mean, Austin Jackson is young. I don't know if you'd classify him as bad yet. They have Robert Hunt. I mean, neither are great. Um, they're both under 25 years old, so maybe they're hoping they can develop into better players down the road. But, I mean, they, they're going to potentially have two more chances with their second first round pick and in the early second round to get. A guy to protect to, uh, to get a tackle to try and protect Tua. I think they try to get him a weapon here, even though they did get Will Fuller, and that made this pick a little bit harder as well. I mean, it just didn't feel like Devontae Parker and Tua really had a great connection. So I think you try to bring in like an elite prospect like Jamar Chase, and you hope you can get Tua going next season. See that? See that's the question I have is because I don't Tua in college never threw to a guy like Jamar Chase, not like. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying, like, he didn't throw talented guys. Uh, he arguably threw more talented guys than 
Chase. The difference is that Jamar Chase isn't necessarily this extremely elite separator, speedy guy that beat everybody, uh, that beat everybody about 15 yards deep like Alabama receivers did. So that, that's my question here with Tua. Does can Tua get to that point where he feels confidently to throw to tight windows? Because otherwise, my thing I'm is, if sure. he if he if he doesn't, then he's not your quarterback, right? I mean, if you agree, agree, windows, he's not your quarterback, and this will help you figure out if he can be the guy because you're giving him an elite weapon. If he can't yeah. do it, you have to move on from him, right? I mean, if he can't throw in tight windows. You know, you can try to surround him with all the talent you can. At some point, if he even let's say you make him like adequate with really good separators, and you try to tailor receivers to his need, at some point he's going to be worth a lot of money. Even if he's adequate, quarterbacks are worth a lot of money in this league, and it's going to be harder to continue to provide those players to cover up his weaknesses. So I think you try to get that out of the way early and try to see if he can be an NFL level quarterback, which requires making tight throws. I mean, I I can't think of a a really good long-term NFL quarterback who can't hit tight throws. It's just something he's going to have to learn, right? Yeah, no, I agree. But uh, where I was going with it was, does that does that make does that make you at all tempted to draft someone more stylistically closer to what Tua was used to in college? That's actually exactly what he was used to in college by getting him his former teammates in. The Smith or Jalen Waddle? Are you at all tempted in doing that? I would be tempted with Devontae Smith because, again, the only thing that concerns me at Smith is his frame. He plays bigger than he looks. Like if you see, and, and he's going against really good competition in the SEC, right? I mean, he's going up against a lot of guys who are going to be playing in the NFL. It didn't look like. I mean, you would expect him to have more difficulty getting past the line of scrimmage given his very slender frame. But I mean, he, he seems he looks like he plays bigger than he does if you watch his film, but. I think there's a little bit of concern there if, if that will continue with stronger players on the defensive side of the ball. And, you know, I, I mean, getting – if you, I, whether you go Chase or Smith, it's not going to be a mistake. I'm sure the same conversation that you just had about Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow, sometimes you got to look at your quarterback and say, this guy is a, more of a sure thing. This guy doesn't have the frame problem. He's a better prospect. We're going to go get you this really good – prospect who might be a little bit better even if he's not your teammate right and I would not consider Waddle because the injury concerns with Waddle I mean that concerns me he also was never really a, a number one receiver right I mean he was always behind more talented players like Devonta Smith so I would not even consider Waddle but I would consider Smith but I ultimately I would go with Chase because I think he's a little bit better prospect a little bit safer prospect quick question do you put any stock into what both Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle said like a month ago that they'd rather have Mac Jones over Tua. That is, I mean, that's just. And also, that, why would you say that if you could potentially get drafted by the Dolphins and play with Tua? Like, what I if the Dolphins took honestly, Devontae that, Smith? Doesn't that, doesn't that show bad judgment? Like, <laughs> them selling I mean, that? I don't Because I mean, they I could end up with Tua, and that could end up making a rift in the locker room. To be honest, I do, I do take because I. I mean, not necessarily in terms of like drafting Devonta Smith. I'm not like, oh, I don't want to draft Devonta Smith because he uh, he chose Mac over Tua. I I just like I think it's kind of it's a little different because it's like they just won a national championship with Mac Jones, and I know Devonta won a national championship with Tua, but that was also Devonta Smith's freshman year, and he was like a role player who wasn't 
getting like 1,800 yards. So I think it's a little different. Uh, Bonta Smith just won a Heisman with Mac Jones. So I, if I'm, I understand having it, the opinion. I don't understand vocalizing it, especially when. Yeah, you're I would have just said like you know, like I'm thinking not it inside, like being like, oh, I like Mac Jones better. That makes sense. The only, the only way, like I, I'm in agreement. I don't know why they said it, but the only thing that is actually getting me is that that makes me feel worse about Tua. Because it wasn't like they thought about it. It wasn't like they were like, oh, it's close. Uh, uh, these are my, like, those are both my guys. I'm going to, like, I'm going to slightly pick Mac Jones over just because we won a national championship together. Like, they flat out said it. So what does that say about their confidence in Tua? Like, why, why is Mac Jones better than Tua? And why was it so easy for them to say that? That like if I'm a Dolphins fan, I'm hearing that I'm a little worried about Tua, even at like especially after last year. That's my opinion on it. I don't know about you guys. Does that does that worry you about Tua at all and his ability? Yeah, no, I agree. It definitely worries me. And like if Tua showed us something different last year, I'd say whatever. They're just picking their favorite. But the combination of last year being very mediocre and them immediately choosing Mac Jones without a question, who isn't even considered a top three quarterback in the draft, at least from what we've drafted here. But I guess we'll see what two has got. Yeah. Moving on to seventh pick of the draft. I'm picking for the Detroit Lions. I have a lot to pick from. I, man. uh, So here's where I keep going back and forth. I'm going to think out loud here because I honestly, I, I, I thought there's a chance it's going to happen. I honestly thought when we did this that a quarterback was going one for four. That didn't happen. We have a quarterback here in Trey Lance. I'm not picking Mac Jones here. I don't see the ceiling with Mac Jones that I see with the top four quarterbacks. So I'm not picking Mac Jones here. Spoiler alert. Who is that they just traded for uh, Jared Goff. Uh, obviously, they don't. I don't think they necessarily see a future at Jared Goff, but they're, he's at least playing this year. And if he's playing this year, the Lions, we all look at them as a team that's probably going to be amongst the top chances in the 2022 draft to have, a fir- have the first overall pick. Them, the Texans, et cetera, et cetera. Do I want to go for a Rashawn Slater or a receiver like Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddle, uh, to pair around my quarterback that I draft next year if I don't think Jared Goff has it. Because from what it sounds like, they want to give Jared Goff at least one year chance and see what he's made of in the, in Los Angeles. Personally, I see that as smoke. I think that's bullshit. I don't necessarily think that they believe in Jared Goff. I'm picking Trey because you never know in the NFL. You never know how good of a pick you're going to have. And who the fuck knows? Maybe the Lions go like 6-10. and 10. They're not even in a quarterback position because next year's quarterback class isn't so good. Take the quarterback now. Sit him for a year behind Jared Goff because Trey Lance obviously has the tools. Sitting for a year will do him a lot of good, just learning the NFL playbook and getting his, uh, getting his accuracy up to par. Now I that think you probably... just uh, broke Gavin's heart. No, I That's mean, what I was about to say. I, I, I feel <laughs> I'll, I'll get to that whenever I whenever it's my turn. But yeah, so I mean, 
Gavin, take it away. Your Panthers, you are the first person to pick for their favorite team in this draft so far. Connor and I will follow up shortly. Peach Mini will be the only one in the next episode. Uh, take it away. Who are you picking for your Panthers? So this is my nightmare scenario. It's been, it's been played out exactly in the worst way possible. Okay. Um, to where Trey Lance, well, obviously all three quarterbacks are off the board. The Panthers have not drafted up. Trey Lance has now been taken. Kyle Pitts has now been taken. And so now I feel like if I'm the Carolina Panthers and I'm looking at this draft board, whatever draft board you're looking at, that there's just one name that's just glaring me right in the fucking face for them to take. And it's Micah Parsons. Now, me, Gavin, am not going to take Micah Parsons um, because I want to try to obliterate that out of existence as much as humanly possible. now, come draft night, if it happens, I will not be shocked. Last time, I really thought we were going to take not Derek Brown, um, and we took him. So, I'm not going to go into this draft with the same uh, mindset. So, if we take Michael Parsons, I won't be surprised. However, I am now left in an interesting position outside of Michael Parsons, where do I want to add another weapon for Sam Darnold <laughs> or um, now with Penny Sewell also being off the board. Um, that was also part of the nightmare scenario too, by the way, Penny Sewell being off the board because I feel like a Penny Sewell and Michael Parsons were both on the board. Panthers will probably pick Penny Sewell. However, now the decision comes down to really a guy like Devonte Smith or Rashawn Slater. And then maybe also Patrick Sertan because their corner situation is kind of not great. Now, um, given all that, I, I honestly don't think they take Mac Jones here. I, I think that he uh, we we got Sam Darnold, and I think that the idea was that's not going to preclude them from taking a quarterback. But at eight, I just don't feel like they would have taken Sam Darnold because they would they should have a general idea that unless like the Broncos jump ahead, I I don't feel like Mac Mac Jones is probably going to be here in number in number eight, unless there's a trade up. Um, so, uh, what it, it's really, it's really tough, but just for the sake of it, um, we have Russell Okun leaving. I think that, God, this this is tough, really. <laughs> it, it, it's painful. Um, God damn it! I honestly, this is such a weird situation. I don't know. I don't know. All right, since I okay, I'm gonna do what the, what I think the Panthers would do, kind of outside of Micah Parsons. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and take Rashawn Slater tackle from Northwestern. Um, it was kind of torn between Devonte Smith and Rashawn Slater, but I just don't see the Panthers taking a wide receiver um, in the draft. Honestly, I mean, we, we with Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore. I'm not saying it's a, it's a good reason not to take a wide receiver. Like I feel like um, having three solid receivers is never a bad option. We were talking about that with the Bengals. Um, I just don't see it really as on the Panthers' radar at the moment, especially just letting Curtis Samuel walk. Um, 
if if you know um Kyle Pitts is still on the board, I think they'd take them because of their need at um tight end, but I don't know. I feel like I feel like the pick here is either is, is Rashawn Slater um or Micah Parsons, but I'm taking Rashawn Slater. Yeah, honestly, and I I've heard well heard as if I have sources. I don't have sources. Uh, but I've read that apparently the Panthers are keying in on Rashawn Slater. Apparently they really, really like him. And I I was thinking that was going to be the pick all the way. And then you brought up Devonta Smith and I was like, oh shit, is he going to go a different way than I totally expected? And you did not. Uh, so Rashawn Slater is off the board. The tackle prospect who I honestly think Despite his measurables, I think he's going to be a very good tackle in the NFL. I'm not really worried about his measurables. I mean, Joe Thomas didn't have great measurables either. Obviously, you don't want to compare Sean Slater to uh, arguably the greatest tackle in history. Joe Thomas but... is a little bit of an outlier, Chris. Just no, I agree. But I do, I do think more or less the arm length is kind of like, unless it's just really, really small, it's more or less yeah. just bullshit. Real quick, I do kind of want to talk about that because I think I, w- I listened to um, on the PFF podcast, they had Joe Thomas on. He's been on there a couple of times, and recently they talked about that. And Joe Thomas was saying just how like stupid that that measurement is because they draft, or they draft, they measure from your shoulder to the tip of your middle finger. And he's like, that's just so dumb because like if someone had the same length of arm, but just like some weird long middle finger, like their arm length would be like two inches longer than what it should be. He's like, if you're going to measure arm length for, you know, whatever reason you would, you should do it from like where your shoulder meets, like your shoulder joint down to like where your wrist meets your hand. Cause that's like who the hell is blocking with the tip of their with middle. Just finger. one middle finger. Yeah. Just like pushing back NFL defensive lineman with your middle finger. You're blocking with like the palms of your hand. Like you're not, you're, the length of your middle finger doesn't fucking matter. So like that yeah. he's, so I think it's interesting. Like he's like, I, I, he still had like shorter arms in, in general than other players, but I feel like that's another combine stat. That's just way overblown. Um, like the 40 yard dash is, is the greatest predictor in, one of the greater predictors in terms of like draft position, but it's also one of the worst predictors in, in um, NFL performance, but it's just a lot of people get caught up in combine measurables. And, and some of them are just so flawed that it just, you shouldn't read too much into them. Yeah, exactly. So number nine, the Denver Broncos peach Mitty. You got a choice here and uh, I don't, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to give away your pick here. Uh, but you have Mac Jones staring you right in the face, and you have Drew Locke working with Peyton Manning apparently during the yeah, offseason. Yeah, I saw that. Are you um, tempted at all to take Mac Jones? I I definitely am tempted, but because obviously we we would want to move on from Drew Locke if you really don't see anything in him, which no one has. If you don't pick Mac Jones here, you're accepting that Drew Locke is going to be your quarterback for the entire year. But if you do take Mac Jones here, maybe he's a bump better than than Drew Locke, a couple bumps better. Is he going to be their franchise quarterback? Could he be? Maybe. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm honestly having a tough time with it because I do want to take him because I don't want to sit around with, with Drew Locke as our quarterback for the year and just accept that. But I don't 
if if the Broncos were in this exact scenario, I don't think they would take Mac Jones. So I'm going to go that way and say, I and now I'm between. I could see them taking Micah Parsons here as well, but I am going to have them take Patrick Sertain here. Um, they've been uh-huh. shoring up their secondary. I hate you, Peach Mitty. <laughs> <laughs> And me knowing Connor wants him at 10 <laughs> just takes him anyway. No, they've been churning up their secondary. Um, they tag Simmons, their safety. Uh, they just lost A.J. Bouye to free agency, which is doesn't mean a whole lot. He had a rough year with injuries. But they don't have a whole lot of depth there. They're losing Bryce Callahan next year in free agency unless they decide to re-sign him. They did and bring him literally... Right. Yeah, I was going to – they got – uh, Fuller and Darby was their other signing. Um, this is what I was alluding to. I couldn't. I didn't have the specifics, but yeah. Um, I I would have a tough time not taking him here. They need they need the depth. I do could see them taking Micah Parsons though. They need someone at linebacker, and I honestly thought you were going to take him, Gavin. I'm surprised he took Slater. I would have considered Slater here instead, but I was I'm not going to reach on another offensive lineman here. So I'm going to settle with and be happy about taking Patrick Sertain here. So that I was not going to put any more of the energy in the universe than already is. Peace, many. I just, I can't, I can't do it to myself. You not like <laughs> person? I, I like him. I mean, he's a good, he's a good prospect. It's just like at number eight, like a run stuffing, like fucking hard nosed hitting middle linebacker is not the value that I necessarily want as ter- in terms of like um, we pick okay without ranting too much we picked up Denzel Perryman in the offseason which I think is a very pretty damn good middle linebacker and we have a way uh, other needs other than middle linebacker now I mean to he- if we still have to hear Whitehead fucking sure I'd be way more fine with it but we don't and we're losing Russell Okung at left tackle I just feel like tackle and or, or corner or wider or even wide receivers because of the value of the position is, is, is somewhere where I'd rather lean rather than going off ball linebacker in the top 10. Yeah. I think that's, that's a fair concern. I mean, off ball linebackers aren't like that valuable in terms of positional value, but he is an excellent prospect. Right? I think he's he good. No, I'm not, I don't dislike Micah Parsons. I just like, I didn't dislike Derek Brown. Just, I don't want to draft a D tackle at, you know, six or wherever. you guys also went all defense with your draft last year. So, Kind of yeah, starting off with the linebacker this year would be kind of wacko, but then again, so is signing Sam Darnold to a tier contract. So, so con, so that actually starts that scrolling, gives you Chris. that gives you a little starts bit. Of a you know choice. who I'm picking? Starts scrolling, keep scrolling, keep you, scrolling. You know, keep scrolling. He, for all of our listeners, he, he's showing our the screen. Chris is picking it through. Caleb Canada. Farley, Caleb Farley, Virginia Tech. Put him on the board. He's the best corner in this draft. I, I, I'm not a doctor, but I've read microdisectomies aren't that big a deal. He's got tremendous ball skills. He had six picks in two years with Virginia Tech. I think Patrick Sertain had four interceptions in three or four seasons with Alabama. He is, I mean, he, he is one of my favorite prospects in this draft. I am a little concerned about the injuries, but from everything I've read, a microdisectomy is a minimally invasive procedure. And he should be ready by training camp. I love Caleb Farley. And I have been on the Caleb Farley train for a long time. 
Uh, again, I would go certain just because I think they're kind of close and the injury concern is is there. But because Pishmini kicked me in the nads right before I got to select, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with Caleb Farley and I'm gonna be happy about it. You got kicked in the nads, yeah. Cowboys, my Cowboys got kicked in the nads. Can you hear okay. those people in the background? What are they yelling? Reach. <laughs> it might be a reach, okay? But he is a great prospect. I don't know how you guys feel about Caleb Farley. I love Caleb Farley. I really like Caleb Farley as well. I think he very well has a good argument for being the most well-rounded corner in the draft. I would not pick him this high because, I mean, when you have back issues as a corner, it doesn't really sound like it would hold I up I read well. up on it, Chris. It, looked, it didn't look that serious. But, again, I, I'm not a doctor. I have to qualify that. Yeah, I mean, you know, if the cowboy, uh, if the cowboy medical staff clears him, whatever. Uh, but uh, were you tempted at all to take uh, Micah Parsons here to pair alongside uh, Leighton Vanderush and Jalen Smith, or were you just like, nope, we got our linebackers, we're paying? So them I, a lot of money. I, I was definitely tempted to go with with Parsons here because I mean, again, Leighton Vanderush has, I think, he's missed like. 12 games the past two seasons. He can't stay healthy. He was a pro bowler back when we drafted him in 2018. Hasn't quite been the same since. He's got his fifth-year option coming up at the end of this season. I don't think they're going to pick it up. So it's just going to be Jalen Smith. And they picked up Terrell Basham, who was a former New York Jet. Not necessarily like a great addition. They definitely have a hole at the linebacker position. Uh, I mean, I was going to pick Micah Parsons. Honestly, Peachmini kind of whipped me up by picking Patrick Sertain because I was so sure I was going to be able to pick him. You don't even consider J.C. Horn here. I like J.C. Horn, but he and he's very he's a very physical corner. I worry that he's going to end up drawing a lot of flags in the NFL because from what I've read, and I don't watch a lot of college college football, so I, I don't really know. But NFL, it seems like the NFL refs are more, I guess, not trigger happy, but they are more prone to throw in flags and college refs. And I'm a little bit concerned that he might kind of become like a magnet for drawing penalties. But, you know, I, I really do like JC Horn. I mean, so again, but to give context, like to there, context, there is a correlation in corners who do get more like holding penalties to the better pass defenses in the NFL. Cause it usually indicates that your corners are more aggressive and they're willing to get handsy. Well, Farley is, is, is hand, again, Farley is like a, he's a press man coverage guy too, right? He's like six foot two, six foot one. And so is Sertain. They're all really good in man coverage, all very good in press man coverage. But I just, the, 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 the penalties, and I don't think he, he's, I don't think he's, I don't, I really don't think he's as good of a prospect as Farley at the cornerback position. I think Farley's more well-rounded and he's a much, he is much better in terms of finding the ball, getting the ball and actually forcing turnovers than both Horn and Sertain, but especially J.C. Horn, who I think he had two career picks at South Carolina, and they both came last season. So, again, I, I, I mean, I was tempted to pick Parsons or Horn. I kind of felt like I had to be bold. I kind of felt like I was forced into a bold scenario. And, uh, you know, felt like kind of like a cornered badger. And I lashed out, and, and we got Caleb Farley, and I'm not mad about it. So I'll, I'm going. I'm picking for my my team, the New York Giants, and who's he gonna pick? 
I know a lot of my fellow Giant fans are, if this situation came down to it, they would want to pick Micah Parsons. Haven't picked a first-round linebacker since they picked Carl Banks back in 1984. Uh, I believe that was the year 1984. Uh, But either way, it's been almost 40 years now since they drafted a first-round linebacker. And you know what? I'm going to keep that streak going. I'm not going to pick a linebacker. I think what this draft, what this free agency was all about was fixing or attempting to fix the 31st ranked offense, uh, offensive unit in football. I understand they got, uh, they signed Kenny Galladay. I don't think Kenny Galladay's should be it. I, I get Saquon Barkley's coming back. I don't think a running back changes that much. I don't think him paired with Kenny Galladay changes that much. For fuck's sake, I mean, in 2018, Saquon Barkley was right there with Odo Beckham Jr., and Odo was much better than Kenny Galladay it is or ever will be. So do I think we stop at Kenny Galladay? Absolutely not. I think Saquon, Sterling Shepard, he hasn't been able to stay healthy whatsoever in any offseason. I don't think Darius Slayton's that great. I think he's a real, pretty good uh, number three receiver, four receiver, stru- uh, a receiver that can stretch a field. I want a guy who can grow with my future franchise quarterback, whoever it may be, whether it's Daniel Jones, whether it's a quarterback drafted next year. The goal is, is Daniel Jones the franchise quarterback? And what better way to do that than to dra- draft him another weapon, getting the best wide receiver in college football last year, Vonta Smith, Heisman winner, 1,000 yards on the outside, another 850 in the slot. He does, he does everything you want from a wide receiver. And I think Daniel Jones and Giants would be very happy to draft him. And apparently they're enamored with him. And you know how Dave Gettleman is. He When the, that shit leaks, it's usually true. So, Chris, is this your ideal scenario? Like, is this like your dream? Um, if, I mean, if I had to, like, uh, if for realistic options, if it came down to, if, if it was between Devonta Smith and Rayshon Slater, I would be very hard pressed to pick Devonta Smith over Rayshon Slater because I think a lot of Giant fans and just Giants in general are kind of thinking that their offensive lines are magically fixed when they were horrendous last year. Uh, but in this situation, I didn't even have to worry about it. Slater's already gone, and it's really between one of the wide receivers or Micah Parsons. And I think with Patrick Graham one of the better defensive coordinators in football. The defense is already going to be really damn good. Let's find out who Daniel Jones is. Is Daniel Jones the future? If he doesn't prove that he can be a good quarterback with fucking Kenny Galladay, Devonta Smith, uh, and Saquon Barkley, then I don't really know what to say. You're just, you're just not a good quarterback. So this is really just make or break, making the move. And if he's not a good quarterback, Devonta Smith will, greatly benefit the next quarterback too so this isn't only a one-year move it's a future move moving on to number 12 the philadelphia eagles so this is this is an interesting spot too i feel like once we got past like the first like few these have all been really interesting picks because 
again, Michael Parsons is, is falling down this board. And again, like I wouldn't be surprised because I think like he's like kind of the last blue chip fringe player there. Um, I don't know if, if you guys also consider him a blue chip player, but um, in terms of what he is at his position, but there, I know Eagles fans are pleading for a wide receiver. I just feel like if Devontae Smith or Jamar Chase somehow were to fall to 12, that's an easy pick. You take whichever one you like more. Jalen Waddell, though, if you were to take him here, I feel like it would be a very Eagles pick to take him here if they had not just drafted Jalen Rager last year. And you're not ready to throw in the towel on Jalen Rager because he was injury. He, he was injured and the wide receiver play was atrocious. So I feel like Jalen Waddle and Jalen Rager kind of do the same, kind of the same thing. Like it'd be kind of redundant. You're not getting two wildly different players there. You're not really diversifying your offense by getting those two players in the same team. And I'm also not too sold on Jalen Waddle um, as a sure thing. Again, I, we, I talked about him last episode when we ranked our wide receivers where he did a lot of um did a lot of things in like his whole production was basically like getting him in open space now he's good but he's good after the catch he's good with the football in his hands he's really really fast um so is Jalen Rager um and also Jalen Waddle has the injury concerns he his whole career in college is like 140 snaps I just I'm not sold on the Eagles taking Jalen Waddle here um the Eagles do have kind of a needle linebacker, but I, I just think that the more valuable position and one that the Eagles have been struggling with for a long time, even on their Super Bowl team, they struggled at this position uh, was corner. And so um, I do think that I'm going to take JC Horn here, cornerback out of South Carolina um, at number 12 for the Eagles. I think that shoring up that secondary and finally maybe getting that guy that can lock down a, a receiver. Someone they haven't had someone like that in a long time. They've had, you know, Jalen Mills, like Bradley Fletcher. They've had um, just a, a really a long string of just God awful corners. And, you know, they had Darby um, or was it Roby? I don't They had Ronald. No, it was Ronald Darby. They had him for a minute and he was good, but now he's not there anymore. And they're just kind of left with, with nothing. Uh, the Eagles do have a lot of holes, but I just I just think the corner uh, here, and I do like J.C. Horn as a prospect too. So, um, yeah, that's what I'm going with. Now, I mean, they had any fucking needs there. <laughs> they're they're kind of uh, after the whole Doug Peterson thing. They're kind of a kind of joke with the whole Carson Wentz dead cap hit. Like they're Jeff Worry. Jeffrey Lurie, how do you say his name? The owner, Lurie, Lurie. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I'm saying it right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to say it, but apparently he's meddling in. Like he's basically, he's basically the de facto GM. So, as a Giant fan, I'm sure Connor is a Cowboy fan. It's kind of funny to see the direction they're going in. Uh, but J.C. Horn, I think, would be a pretty damn good pick there. But moving on to the Chargers, 13th overall, Justin Herbert. Uh, I'm sure. The Chargers were hoping that one of Penny Sewell, which Penny Sewell was pipe dream, or Rashawn Slater would fall to this spot here. So I'm interested to see who you're going to pick here, P. Schmitty, number 13 overall. So, yeah, I was hoping <clears throat> I didn't expect Sewell to fall, but I was definitely hoping that Slater might have made his way to 13. And if he didn't, I was going to take one of the cornerbacks, expecting it to be J.C. Horn. 
shoring up the secondary, <laughs> getting Chris Harris back in the slot for the whole time. But that is no longer the case. J.C. Horn just went off the board right before. What do you know? Um, <clears throat> tough position here, but I feel like they just have to go with what they need. They're, I'm going to go with Christian Derisaw. They need to shore up their line. They need a tackle. They just signed uh, Corey Lindsley, Matt Filer. They're just continuing to protect Justin Herbert because for the last however many years, they have had one of the worst lines in football. Um, I just feel like they are kind of get stuck picking him. It's a, I would say it's a bit of a reach here, and you could probably get someone in the next round with similar talent, but they don't have a whole lot of options here. You don't, unless they want to go with a weapon, but I don't like oh, the weapons that are still left a whole lot here anyway. So I'm going to stick with Christian Derisaw. I think it's a solid pick. I don't think it's a great pick, but I don't think they had a whole other lot of other options. I just, I just, I just realized what's happening here. Okay, let's just. I'm not going to talk about it. I just realized what's happening here. Just Chris, <laughs> I'm eyeballing maybe the same thing you're thinking about, um, but. Yeah, I, I don't know. I do like Christian Derrissaw, though. I, I do think it's a little bit of a reach, um, but it does atta- it does address a need. And there are a lot of there are a lot of Christian Derrissaw um, stands out there. So I don't think it's 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 like an egregious pick. Um, so I think it's like an Austin Jackson in the first round last year that the Dolphins made. But yeah, no, I, I like it. Uh, so the Vikings at 14, where are we going here? So I think at this point, I mean, the choice is between Trevon Morig is the top safety in this draft. Might be a little bit of a reach at 14. I mean, obviously, Micah Parsons is just staring us in the face. I mean, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't expect him to be here at this point. You kind of feel potentially obligated to take him. Or you could take like a, an edge rusher like a Quiddy Pay or a Jason Oa. Uh, I mean, I, God, if Micah Parsons is at 14, I feel like they would have a very hard time passing him up, especially because their biggest need is offensive line. And there really isn't, unless you're like a big Elijah Vera Tucker stand, which I do like Elijah Vera Tucker. There really isn't another offensive lineman worth the 14th overall pick. I'm going to, I'm going to go with Micah Parsons. I'm not like stoked about it, but. I'm sure if Vikings fans, if this happened, Vikings fans would be pretty happy. I mean, he's the best player on the board by, I think, a significant margin. Outside of Jalen Waddell, obviously, who is at a position where the Vikings don't really need another receiver. They have a great receiving core. This was a bad defense last year. Uh, there's some young, some promising young players. They add another one with Parsons. who I think he is a blue-chip prospect, as, as you said earlier, Gavin. I think he is like one of the five or six most talented players in this draft. It's just off-ball linebackers. The the positional the positional value for off-ball linebackers just isn't the same as a lot of these other positions like tackles and corners and quarterbacks and even receivers. But I think the Vikings would be happy to get Parsons here at fourteen. Yeah, I I was questioning you a bit for a second because I thought you legitimately might take a safety at this spot. I I, I could not think of a pick. No offense, I would have disliked more than going for a safety right here over, over uh, Micah Parsons. I was just listing out their options. They did lose Anthony they, Harris. They did. They did. This is this is true. Uh, but this is the spot I did not want to be in. This is the pick that I was <laughs> least 
excited about being assigned to. Especially uh, I, with the name glaring you in the face, right? I am the New England Patriots at number 15. So they signed they signed Kendrick Bourne. They signed Nelson Aguilar. They signed uh, John U. Smith. They signed Hunter Henry. And they re-signed Cam Newton to a one-year contract. Cam Newton is obviously not the future there. Do they want to go for Mac Jones? I hate this. I hate this so goddamn much. And I know there are a lot of uh, Patriot fans who would probably be begging to take Mac Jones for some of the wrong reasons that I won't get into because uh, they like Cam for the wrong reasons. Uh, I'm very, very tempted to take Jalen Waddle because I don't think I don't think you, even with those signings for Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar, it's not like they were huge deals. It's not like they can, they would prevent them from taking a Jalen Waddle. But it's Bill Belichick. They're not going to be in a position to draft a quarterback next year. They're not, they're probably not going to be in a position to draft a quarterback the year after that. Well, unless Bill Belichick retires or just falls off a cliff. This is the only chance they got to get one of the higher-rated quarterbacks in a draft class. So I am going to take Mac Jones, and I'm going to swallow my pride because I absolutely hate the pick. So I'm going to pick it. He's gone. I'm not happy. And for the last pick of our mock draft so far we will get remember we're only doing one through 16 this episode we will get you 17 through 32 next week all right take us away 16 fucking matt jones (laughs) that's exactly what i like the entire time i'm like after like we got out of the well whenever like the 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 lions the panthers uh, the broncos I, I was for sure Peace Money was going to take Mac Jones of the Broncos. Then I started looking down the row. I'm like, Chris is going to have to take Mac Jones, isn't he? <laughs> and um, it's like, what know. else? What else can they do? Like, I, like that's like that's the thing. Like, what else can they do? Like, do they just go all in on Cam only being on a one year contract? I no. think Jalen Waddle might be a good solution. I mean, if Jalen Waddle falls to you, I mean, we just had Edelman retiring. We talked about that earlier. They have a terrible receiving core still. I think you would at least consider Waddle, but they would go no, Jones. I, I, it, it I, is I think the and Patriots I might even consider trading up for Mac Jones. So the fact that he fell to yeah. them at 15, I feel like they would jump all over it. Yeah. It's just, oh, I know that hurts. It, it hurts. I know. Like, it just wasn't fun. It wasn't a fun pick, okay? It just wasn't <laughs> fun for me. I hated every second of that. So, the thought process. Is, oh. All right, 16, Arizona Cardinals. Wrapping this up, take Najee Harris. I'll take it home. <laughs> yeah, but but the thing is, Peaceman, even if I did do that, you guys would just draft Travis. At no, I uh, see. At least if they draft Najee, like I'll be like, okay, like he's. I don't want to draft him, but he's like all full round solid back. I have my questions about Travis Edian. Uh, whatever, continue. <laughs> so now, for the longest time, looking at this draft board, who I thought I was going to pick here. Um, I thought I was going to take Christian Barmore for the longest time. They need a defensive interior. The Cardinals have been pretty god awful at it. They have Chandler Jones now. They have JJ Watt at edge, but they really don't have a whole unless they move JJ Watt to the inside, which I think might be a good idea. But um, they don't really have anyone on the inside. But there's been a development. Um, 
where someone has dropped pretty far. And I feel like if you were to be able to get him at 16, I don't feel like you would really want to pass up on it. And, and the thing is like the Cardinals pulled off a heist of the century in taking Deandre Hopkins from the, the Texans this last off season for basically a second round pick and a, just a wrecked David Johnson who is obviously not even going to be starting next year. Um, so you have DeAndre Hopkins, but you don't really have after that, like, uh, you know, you need, you need to diversify your offense. Like, I mean, Cliff Kingsbury, say what you want about him. He is, there is a pass heavy offense. I feel like they, they do the spread offense way more than a lot of people. The more wide receivers, the better. Um, I feel like you guys know where this is going. If, if Jalen Waddle drops to you, at to 16 i feel like you take him here and i feel like you might have some distraught you know raiders fans uh, wanting to pick him um maybe at 17 i don't know what the raiders fans are really hoping for but that's who i'm going for it's not their biggest need but it's he's definitely the best player available at 16 so i'm taking waddle here yeah i like the pick especially because like i mean they put us they would they draft Andy Isabella with a second round pick? I believe it was late second and they've barely used him. So they don't really have that speed for it, I guess. Um, what's his name? I'm blanking on his name right now. Uh, the Christian, uh, Kirk. Text- Christian Kirk. Yeah. Uh, Christian Kirk. He hasn't really, he hasn't really done much. Uh, I mean, obviously he's been, he's been a little hurt, but also he hasn't played much. Uh, he's whenever he has been playing, he hasn't really produced much. Uh, they signed AJ Green, uh, whatever the fuck you think he's gonna do after being <laughs> horrendous last year. Uh, that ghost of AJ Green just walking the field. I think this would be an awesome move if it happened because one of our concerns was in our wide receiver episode, uh, I believe last week, was we don't know if Jalen Waddle can be the number one receiver. Uh, but we'd said that his role will always be valuable because he can take the top off of any defense at any time. And what better receiver to pair with Jalen Waddle than DeAndre Hopkins? The fact that you have that underneath threat that can get open nine times out of ten against any corner in the NFL to take the safeties off of him and allocate more of the field to him. Which is this this seems like a match made in heaven, Jalen Waddle and DeAndre. That's a sick fucking combo. It's actually very similar to the Will Fuller DeAndre Hopkins combo. Right. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't think it'll happen, but then again, you know, uh, CD Lamb dropped to you know eighteen or whatever it was last year, twenty. I don't remember what Jerry Judy and CD Lamb both dropped a lot. So I wouldn't be surprised if one of you know Jamar Chase or Devonta Smith or Jalen Waddle if they dropped to sixteen and. Um, I don't think it'll happen, but if it did, I feel like the Cardinals should walk away from that pick being ecstatic. So, yeah, this is, yeah, this was, uh, this was fun. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm happy we did this. Uh, I hope you, everybody enjoyed this. Uh, we will have our picks 17 through 32 next week. We're going to be starting with the Raiders. Uh, Pishmini gets to pick his pick for the Steelers. He's going to pick his favorite running back, and I'm so excited <laughs> for him. Uh, Can't wait. <laughs> why, am I actually, why am I actually concerned you're going to pick a running back? <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, uh, thank you all for listening. Follow us at Smash Mouth FB Pod on Twitter. 
give us likes, review, uh, and we will see you next time.